Hey, it's your favorite podcast. Back again with Will and Spaz. Confidence. It's all within you. Hey ladies everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Confidence. I'm your host Matthew Williams, William Spurs, and today's episode is titled Restoration from Toxic Relationships That Poison Confidence. And we have as our guest today, Galeon Williams, as she starts off this week's topic. And next week we'll have the same topic, but from a male's perspective. Guys, there was a lot of insights shared in this week's episode so stay tuned you can't afford to miss it and spread it to your friends and we begin with pep talk let's go right into the topic. welcome galeon to this week's episode of god friends tell me about who you are let the listeners know who you are please Hi everybody. So my name is Gillian Williams. I am a lecturer, researcher, um, research supervisor, course coordinator, blogger, you know, lots of things. Awesome. She's a lot of things, guys, really. Yeah. <laughs> I know I don't know how she balances it all, but I need to learn that skill as well. Maybe she can teach me. Well, who knows? We'll see what happens. So we're discussing the topic today, restoration from toxic relationships that poison confidence. And this is a female edition and next week you'll be hearing the male's edition. So it was submitted that we talked about this, requested from a listener. And thank you listener, anonymous person. Um, so let's get right into the topic. Describe now to us the situation that you were in Galeon and what were the feelings persisting in that time? Very nice little uh, image. All right. Okay. Um, I think what is going to shock people is that I present two perspectives in the sense that most of my past relationships, whether with friends, family, or in dating, we're all toxic at different levels for different reasons. Um, as it pertains to friendships, not having a strong self-esteem led me to, you know, look for friendship and comfort in the wrong way and from the wrong people. And what I've come to realize is that people can pick that up. They can pick up when you're really a weak person on the inside, and so they will manipulate you. And so the most toxic relationship that I had was one that was completely fraught with manipulation. I mean, this person had gotten into my head so badly that if I said the sky is blue, and we all know the sky is blue, and that person said the sky is yellow, then I would say the sky is yellow, you know, knowing very much that the the sky sky is blue. blue. You know, there was just nothing wrong the person could do. They had leveraged so much control of my life I can't even figure out where it began. I know where it ended and how it ended, which, you know, I know we'll get into. But there was just so many blinders that I had put on, even if the signs were so glaring. But there had been so much that happened to me in life that, you know, it was easier for me to take the fragmented 
person that I was and try to buy friendships or, um, you know, expend more than I would get. So the friendships were never, ever equal, let alone in a dating situation. And in fact, at my last attempt at dating, I was actually the toxic person in the relationship. Oh, and that last relationship was my catalyst for change. Yeah. Toxic in the sense that all of my issues I had brought with me into okay. that relationship. I didn't deal with the issues. Not saying that the person was perfect, but if we had to really be honest and look at it, I was the toxic one. So I had experienced toxicity and then I was exuding what I had experienced. So I didn't deal with my issues and having not dealt with my issues, I could not be a wholesome person in a relationship. Okay, that's... So we're going to talk from the from the first part and then going okay. to the, the latter part of it. So the first part, you said you had self-esteem issues and self-confidence issues. Describe that, that relationship you had with them. Oh, yeah. Right, all right. So, um, you know, we grew up in the country and when I was growing up, we didn't have a laptop and so on. So people are like, what? You grew up with? Yeah, I mean, yeah. we saved our SBAs on floppy disks. Some of you don't mm. even know what those look like. Yes. So, okay. you know, right. So I never owned a computer until I was going to college and so oh. on. But I went to Immaculate Conception High School for girls. So here you take a country yeah, girl that is smart, right? Yes. <laughs> and you put her in a, a school that is smart, but with all these rich yeah. people. And so the class divide, the socioeconomic divide became very evident. Other than that, I wore glasses. I wear, still wear glasses and my glasses are really thick. So then you have that issue now. So now I wear thick glasses, I had terrible acne. So, you know, my wow. face was all bumpy, bumpy, you know, we call it greater, like it was really Ooh. bad. And so you have those issues now with huh? these light skinned, long hair, pretty girls that were going to all of the parties. They were what they wanted to. And I had all my needs met, but the excess wasn't there. I didn't have okay. certain experience. And so you start, you know, you start to feel a little less than because let's face it, we can be cruel in school, you know. Yeah, and, can be. and pe yeah, we can be so cruel in school. And so because I was smarter than they were, they had to find something to tear me down for. So it wasn't necessarily bullying and they weren't always outright with it. But even within myself, because I didn't look like them and I didn't have what they had, I already felt less than. And so the, the self-confidence started to, to tank a little bit. Um, and then in the eighth grade, I was sexually abused by a family member. And then that just really made it worse. So that became a portal for a lot of other things. I, it's not that I didn't say no, it's not that I didn't fight back. I did, but all of those were ignored and weren't respected. So, you know, yes, then that part of me was gone as well. And so then who was I? For, I must have done something for this to happen. You know, I, I must have attracted this to myself some way, somehow. And so because of that, no, little by little, the enemy started to really just um, chip away at my self-esteem. Yeah. And so even though I was smart and all of those things, I couldn't deal with the emotional of that, the emotional side to it. And I didn't seek help. And so you, you know, I internalized that. And one way of 
pretending to be confident was the narcissistic tendencies that I developed as, oh. a, as a defense. So no, I am confident and I'm telling you I'm confident and I'm acting arrogant, but I really wasn't feeling that inside. I was just trying to exude that or I would, you know. It's a mask. Yeah, it was just a mask. You know, I'd, you know, I'd be very critical of others. Because then if I'm criticizing you and getting everybody else to criticize you, then you then won't see, on you. Yeah. you won't focus on me and you won't see my real weaknesses. Yeah. yeah that's, that's a trait I've seen persons because I like to, like to study people in a sense. <laughs> yeah. I just look on persons and study the behaviors and when I see that, I can tell what's up in their mind. Yeah, it's, it's usually them masking something else with yeah. that tendency. Yeah. So. You move from you being low to masking where it looks like you have confidence and that became the toxic trait in you. Yeah, definitely. So tell me how that happened now, that whole transition and what happened in that relationship where you now became the person putting the toxicity on someone else. Well, um, I honestly haven't even been able to figure out how I went from one to the next, to be mm. honest. I went from, it's literally one extreme to the next, you know, um, being extremely critical of people, always finding fault, so to speak. And I did that so that I wouldn't have to focus on my own issue. And even so, at the same time, I was still, quote unquote, buying friendships with other people or with yeah. people in general, wanting to fit in so you'd compromise who you were just for some semblance of acceptance so you know you're willing to push the envelope a little bit just so that you are accepted just so that people would accept you and love you but then you realize that afterwards that they knew all along that that's what you were doing and they just played your game too and they really didn't care so it wasn't until my like i would say recently that i have had true friends you know how people you go to prep school together or primary school and you went to high school together or even if you were separated you have these people that have these 20 year friendships and 10 year friendships here i'm in my 30s and i don't have that because i made poor selections i wanted to be friends with the popular people who we all know after a while they are mostly the shallowest people yeah they really just use people to get where they're going so you're not going to get a lasting friendship from that anyways but a younger version of yourself don't necessarily pick that up you know and so i don't have friends from prep school that i'm still friends with i don't have friends from high school that i'm still friends with i talk to one and two people from um college but i wouldn't necessarily call them friends because again i was always too critical so that's i kind of push some people away and then because right i probably push away the genuine ones and the rest of them well you know she was willing i was willing to buy this or lend you this or do this so yeah. then they kept they kept me along for as long as they needed to until they get what they got what they wanted and then they would leave yes. so that's where that was um with the last relationship the dating relationship no when i really came to a realization of all my issues and all of that confronted me god has a way of answering prayers that we don't even pray <laughs> and when he knows we're ready to move on or ready to be delivered he will bring these things to the surface to work on 
I told the person I needed to walk away because I had some issues to deal with and I needed to take time to deal with them. So that's how I ended that. But in terms of the dating and the relationship, I didn't trust the person. I couldn't trust the person. I was paranoid. I always had to second guess that because then for the rest of, for, all, for most of my life, that's the kind of treatment I was used to getting from quote unquote friends. Yeah. And so I would just assume that it was only a matter of time before he would turn out to be the same thing. So in previous dating relationships, they had picked up on the low self-esteem, etc. So they were just along for the ride. Um, some tried it. to push, right? So some tried to push the envelope when they realized I wouldn't give in to certain things as a Christian. Then they would leave. But so I. You know, in my head, it was only a matter of time before this relationship would become yes, the same thing. In that, when I, when I, when all the issues came to a head, though, and I realized that no, I really need to deal with this because then I really cared about the person. I can say I can use the L word. I did really love the person, and I realized that my issues that were coming to the surface needed to be dealt with, yes. and I didn't want to hurt the person in the process, or caused somebody else to hurt when they didn't deserve that because he wasn't the one that had abused me or hurt me in other ways so he yeah. didn't deserve that so i i want i walked away to deal with my own issues all right awesome so i can see that this was quite a tense time i would put it because yes when, definitely. When, when i had no self-esteem i think it was a tense time for me too so i believe it was so at that point, were there any times where you had to withdraw and you were like, I need some source of strength, some something to lean on? Was that right. ever a case? Definitely. And I think for me, I've always gone to, like you said, I'm so busy. And how did I learn to balance it all? That wasn't the thing I would go to. I'd keep myself overly busy. Okay. Because then by the time I'm done at the end of the day, I'm tired. tired I just go to sleep. sleep. You know, so I wouldn't have to really think about it. So the times that I would have to think about it is the times when I didn't have as much doing. And so there was the battle with the negative thoughts. And though I've never, ever been depressed to the point of suicide, I have had really low days. You know, you, you just cry and cry. And I mean, as a Christian, I had a good foundation in God. And it sounds kind of like contradictory if you had a good foundation in God how did you end up with a low self-esteem but in we we understand that God is such a great God that in those times when we cry out and our you know he says that when our when our heart is overwhelmed we're going to go to the rock so for me music was the thing that would always bring me out of my low time so if I can get in a space where I can listen music and I can sing and I can worship then even in the middle of my mess, that would always be the thing that would bring me up. That's where my strength would come from. So there was a part where I'd rely on my own strength to a a certain degree. And because I was able to do a lot of things without too much effort, I never really relied on God, so to speak. So he was always there. There was never a question that God was there. But did I rely on him and his word? Not all the time. Only when it got to the point of being somewhat unbearable, then I'd run yes. to the Psalms mm. and start quoting back what David would quote 
you know, every song about affliction or God being a present yeah, help in yeah. time of trouble, those were the things that I would really rely on to start saying them. Even when I don't believe them, I'll still say mm. them because this is your word, God, and you says it can't come. You said that it cannot come back to you. So even oh, though yeah. I am struggling to believe, you have a story where, you know, the man said, help my unbelief. I mean, I've prayed that a lot yes. of times. God, help my yeah. unbelief. I am struggling to believe in this minute. I know what your word says. I know I've had experiences with you where you showed up like only you can. But in this moment, I am struggling to believe. This is what I need to believe. Help my unbelief. Good, because I, I do that same thing too. Right? But now I've learned not to wait until right right <laughs> but do it immediately yeah, so yeah you mentioned that you had removed yourself from the relationship the last one what mm-hmm. brought it to that a little more detail what brought it to that end that decision? all right so part of it was recognizing that i needed to deal with my issues but part of it was the one that the relationship that i said was the one that was most manipulative so in that relationship, I would tell that person everything. This person was my confidant. This was somebody I looked up to, etc. Remember, I said they had leveraged so much control that if I said the sky is blue and they said the sky was yeah. yellow, then the sky is yellow. And that's it. They were not happy about me being in this new relationship because now I'm spending more time with this other person. And so they would try to paint the person in a very bad light. So if I would have an argument with my ex-boyfriend, I would tell this person. And so then this person would then take the things I tell them and bring it back to me in an even worse light and say, but are you say, you know, the guy never answer or you said this and they would blow it far more out of proportion than it really needed oh. to be. I mean, I'd be the first woman to admit that women are emotional and when we are emotional, one ant looks like an elephant, you know? <laughs> and so we, but sometimes when we step away from the emotional aspect of it, we're like, yo, him said really never so bad. And now we feel bad because I forgot to apologize for making a big mountain out of a little hill. Yeah. And so that's what would often happen. And then the person was like, but you were upset and da 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 da. So how is it now that you want? And that's why we have to be careful <laughs> when we're in relationships, who you tell what. Because as women, we tend to, when we are upset, we tell all of our girlfriends or all of our best friends or maybe your siblings or your brother or whatever. And then based on what you feed them, they're going to look at you like you're crazy when you go back to the person. Because if they did really do you so badly, yeah. why are you going back to the person, right? So a part a of level, it... A level response. Exactly. And emotional. not give a level response. We're, we're being emotional about it. And so... What you'd find is every time something bad happened, I would complain to this person. When something good happened, I'd still tell the person. So the person wasn't happy about the good things and they would oh. emphasize the bad things. So they're like, you don't see that this guy is not the right guy for you. You know, this guy is never going to love you and start playing on those negative emotions because they already oh. knew what happened in my past. And so that now with all of the torment between my own issues coming to the surface that I and never that dealt with, in that and now in this relationship, I just I had to go. I, I couldn't do it anymore because I wasn't sure if the person loved me. No matter what the person oh. did and how they said they cared and how much they really poured into and nurtured me, 
I could not see it because the other person yes. that was the master manipulator in my life was telling me that, no, this is what you're seeing, but that's really not what is going on. He's just using you. It's only a matter of time. Wow. He's just using you. And so I just walked away. I needed to walk. It was hard. It was painful. I was very sad about it because I really loved the guy. I noticed I don't say loved. I really loved the guy. But I had to walk away. Partly because the manipulator did it. But yeah. afterwards, I can see where God needed me to also step away and get with him, get the help I needed, and get my issues tended to in order to become a whole person. Because as a fragmented person, looking for somebody to complete me in a relationship when God wants two whole people, or like Leroy yes. and, and Monique said last week, it's two whole people that must enter a relationship. Not looking for somebody else to complete us. It's to complement us. I didn't know any of those things. I didn't know what true friendships were like, let alone what a true dating relationship should be like. So I had to, in my mind, it was, you're in your 30s, you need to hurry up and get married, have kids, you know, the biological Mm. clock is ticking. And God is like, I made the clock. So if you're to have kids, you will have kids. What I need for you is to be whole. What I need for you is to be whole. Be the person that I created you to be. Walking away from my ex was easier than walking away from the manipulator. I didn't know who I was. My identity was wrapped up in what this person said I was. My everything I knew how to do was from this person. My financial support was from this person. So walking away and the person said it. I notice you're changing. I notice you're holding back information. And I'm telling you that if you continue down this road, certain doors are going to be closed. What? That's crazy. And I remember God asking me one day, God said to me, this was the clincher for me, Matthew. God said to me, if I tell you to jump and this person tells you to stay, what will you do? And God was showing me my heart. Because God knew that I would not jump, I would stay. And effectively, that person had become an idol. An idol. Exactly. I was able to bring that up. I had elevated the person above God. And I was so ashamed to know that even when I heard God clearly speak, I would disobey God because I literally feared this person more. And that was where everything really began to unravel. So my eyes were open in my last relationship with my ex, but that was a catalyst. That was only the beginning. I don't know how to fully depend on God. All my life, I've been told by somebody what to do. This yes. is what you're going to do. So every decision was run by the was run. I ran it by the manipulator. And if they said no, even when I know it was a yes, all right, it's no longer a yes, it's no one no. And sometimes we wonder, how is it that we can get to a place or people look at it that, She's so smart. She did so well with CXC and she's doing great in college. How is it that this aspect of our life is so out of control? But we don't understand sometimes how much when you respect and revere somebody. And that's why it's so important to really let God know his place and everybody else know their place. Because once you start fearing man above God, these are the things that can happen. I mean, I was broken down and built up only to be broken down again by the person. They kind of somewhat isolated me thought-wise from everybody else. The whole world is against you. You can only trust me. Mm. And when you have, 
your innocence taken from you at, a year, at, a, at an early age and you go through all this stuff in life, of course you're going to lean on the person that seems to be doing you well. And I mean, the person literally closed the door. I have not spoken to that person in over a year. Yes. But here I am, surviving. God has been my source, continues to be my source. And that's what he said to me. God said, I am your source, not this person. I am. The whole earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. God will raise up help from wherever help needs to come from for me to be okay. And he has done that time and time again. Whether it was emotional help, whether it was financial help, whether it was physical support, whatever I have needed in this season, God has provided. Awesome. All right. Thank you very much so far, Galen. This this is really, really good. And listeners, I hope you are paying great attention to this and absorbing so you can help others or even help yourself. So Gary, I would also ask you right now to give advice as God will lead you to, to someone who is in a similar toxic relationship and wants to leave and they're clouded, their mind is clouded as to what to do. Please bring clarity to the Holy Spirit. All right, so God will give you the right people. God, God is God is just so awesome. I remember the first person God told me to talk to, I was nervous. I'm like, what? I can't tell them that. But what I didn't know was God had already revealed most of the information to the person. So they were already prepared. So once you start crying out to God and, and, and you're saying, God, I, I'm, I really need to go. I, I can't do this anymore. He already knew this day would come. And that's what I, I can tell you, to lean heavily on God it wasn't easy and you have to be patient with yourself you have to forgive yourself you have to accept God's love and God's forgiveness because that was the hardest thing for me to do all the things that happened to me in life I felt dirty I felt guilty I felt ashamed I felt less than a person how could I ever be whole again and I mean this was recent stuff I was working in church i'm already serving in the ministry so here i am ministering to others and i am still so broken there were days when i'd be driving and i'm so dizzy because i haven't eaten and i'm just depressed and i can't seem to go to so like when it really came to all of that like it had to i started having physical symptoms i went and i sought counseling from a christian counselor somebody i knew is bible-based somebody I knew is strong in the Lord and strong in their faith in God. So this is not somebody now that's going to lead me astray because if you're in a manipulative situation, the hardest thing to do is to trust anybody again. Yes. My manipulator is a Christian. Minister in the church. So this is some, and, and that's how the enemy works. You know, when you're, when you're called to do great things for God, then the enemy is going to use all the people that everybody is seeing as 
great and to look up to those are sometimes the people that are conflicted and and have opened up themselves and allowed themselves to be used and i have forgiven the person because you need to forgive people you can't you can't go you can't be free without forgiveness so that's why i say forgive yourself forgive anybody else who is causing you harm lean heavily on god he will put the right people in your in your space and even when you're not trusting those people they understand their assignment so your mistrust of them doesn't bother them because they know that they're assigned to you to walk you through this process so they get that it's also best to have somebody who has gone through the same process and have healed because then they even though it's not going to be everybody's experience is going to be different but it's easier for somebody who have walked through it to walk you through it and that's who he gave me people who were abused and have gotten the help they needed to get and are over it and people who themselves have been manipulated by other people who really should have been mentors or helped them and have gotten over it so when i came to them with my problem it wasn't why they've been there they've experienced it they've experienced the same emotions that you're experiencing and so they can walk you through it so even if that listener should reach out to you and want my information that's fine because what i've been there i can understand the shame of having to come clean with that you know sometimes the manipulator might cause you to do some things that you never dreamed in your wildest dream that you would do and so you know you're having guilt and shame for that all of that has to be let go but let go in a space where there's confidence and trust and you know that it's not going to go anywhere else until you are ready to tell your own story so you're not relying on the vessel that god sends you but on the god who sent the vessel to help you sent the person to help you you can't then because you are manipulated manipulate the person or you can't then take yourself and try to impose who you are on the person which i am very guilty of I am a planner. I like to move quickly and God constantly sends me people to work with that are the complete opposite. And it can be such a source of frustration. But what he wants me to get to is understand that, you know, you have to love those people for who they are and they're, mm-hmm. they being the opposite is good because it mellows out you. Matters of the heart <laughs> takes time, you yes. know. And it's okay, it's normal that you haven't gotten over this yet. It's normal that you think you made, you know, you thought you made two steps forward when it really was only one and a half. Or maybe you made two steps and then something triggered you and you made five steps backward. It's okay. God knew this was going to happen. He already has provisions in his grace to cover that. And the biggest part for me was accepting God's love. I am my biggest critic. I am the one that is hardest on myself. And when I tell you that God is literally trying to rub that out of me, he is literally mm-hmm. trying to rub. The, he, I'm on the potter's wheel and it's he's slapping that clay down, down and really kneading yeah. it out. You understand? Because he wants us to understand that his love is really with no strings attached and unconditional. So if I had gotten better and I messed up and let's say I manipulated somebody today or I, you know, tried to impose myself on somebody today. He knew that would happen. His grace already covered it. Once I recognize it, what I need to do is repent, ask forgiveness of the person, explain what happened and move forward. 
I don't even keep, I don't sit there and keep beating up myself for not having gotten over or watched there. You fall back in the same trap again with somebody else. You never ever go, no, he doesn't want us to do the negative self-talk, you know? And, I, and you have to work on your recovery consistently. You have to work really hard at it because it's going to be easier to fall back into what has been happening. It's going to be easier to fall back into the routine, even though you know it's going to be painful. But what you have to do is work it. When I went to counseling, I had homework. I had to work it. I think the hardest homework for me was when I was told you have to strip yourself naked, look in the mirror, and love what you see. I went back to counseling. Did you do? No. I couldn't look at myself in the mirror. Wow. And people are like, but you wear makeup. I don't need to look at myself, look at myself to put on yeah, the makeup. Yeah. I look at it to put on the makeup. What am I looking at who I am? Am I standing there looking at myself, all my flaws, all my strengths, and loving the sum total of who I am? Because what had happened, I started to focus on only the negative things. I forgot that, you know, you are smart. You are witty. You, you bring a lot of joy to a lot of people. You have mentored so many people, even in your brokenness. These are good things about you. You're not just the good things and you're not just the bad things. You're the sum total of everything. But above all of that, you are who God says who you are. You are a daughter of the king. You're a son of the king for the men out there. You know, because sometimes we think that only the women end up being manipulated. Yeah. There are some really wicked women out there, you know. <laughs> that do some serious hurt, inflict some serious hurt to the men. And then they in turn now hurt another woman because they don't realize yeah. that you're perpetuating yeah. what happened to you. You and know, that just, the cycle continues. And the cycle continues. Get an accountability partner. Get somebody that will pray with you consistently, that will, you can say to them, you know what, I messed up. I fell back into this. And they will say, okay, good, you told me, all right. You know, you've asked God for forgiveness. What are the steps we're going to take? And I'm going to call you and ensure that you're you taking those steps. We don't go the road alone. The Bible says that we must confess our faults one to another. Yeah. Not so people can know our business, but so that this person can know that this is what I'm struggling with. And then they can pray us through and walk us through and keep check on us to keep us going in the right direction. Yes, awesome. So we're about to wrap everything up. And I do know that the word of the Lord divides between soul and spirit and moral. And so it helps to decipher different things and helps in our mindsets to set our minds. So I want you to share some scriptural references so someone can now build back that relationship, that confidence with God. Right. So some of the things I would look at was scriptures about how God loves us. Yes. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Jeremiah 29, 11 is a one that we know. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and to, and to bring you hope, you know. Um, scriptures of that would ask for God to comfort us with all comfort. Um, scriptures like Romans 8, where you'd say that all things work together for good. You look at Joseph's life. You look at even David's life. You look at most of the people that were used in the Bible. They went through a time of testing and pruning. And I'm not saying that, oh, you being in a toxic relationship or you being manipulated was your desert, you know. 
or was your season, but even what was meant for evil, God can take it and use it for good. You know, um, for me, where the guilt and shame was, I used to just tell God, purge me with hyssop, wash yes. me, and I shall be whiter than snow. I am who your word says I am. So eyes have not seen, neither have ears heard, neither has the mind conceived all the oh, things that God so. is going. And I, I would always say, God, I know you're going to finish what you've started because your word says that you are faithful to complete the good work that you have yeah. begun in me. You are my shield and my fortress, a very present help in time of trouble. The righteous in his many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him from them all. You know, I mean, I can't say what I have as one favorite scripture because <laughs> I love all of the word of God. You know, it depends on where I am and what I'm going through. A different verse might mean a lot more in that situation but god god knows and the fact that god is omniscient he already knew before you were born that this situation was going to come up and there's no way that we can really flee from his presence so again for those who in the toxic relationship or out of it have done crazy things whether it's you cut yourself or you were suicidal you tried to take your life or you know it was abuse and you were raped or something i did on abortion it doesn't matter what you do god's love supersedes all of that and he can take all of that mess and turn it into such a glorious story you know where he will get the glory again when joseph went through what he went through he didn't know he'd become ruler but i'm sure part of joseph's story helped him to be a much more humble ruler as well because he was his father's favorite child i'm sure there was the bible doesn't record it but i'm sure he must have been like i am my father's favorite child look at my coat of colors you know we know how we as humans can get and sometimes some of these have to really like sometimes got off a rub way out look a bit and not that this is his ideal way of doing it, but he can use what the enemy yeah. meant for bad to catapult us into what you know we are what we're where we're supposed to go. He wishes above all that our souls prosper, that we prosper and be in good health, mm-hmm. even as our souls are prospering. And if God wants to prosper us, our souls need to be prosperous. Yes, you know, yes, and he's going yes, to bring yes. that healing. He's he's going to be he's the bomb in Gilead. And I think a lot of times when we think of God as healer, we think, yeah, man, God will heal cancer. Cancer, And God will heal kidney failure. God will heal your emotional scars. I can tell you today that I am whole. I mean, the beginning was rough. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I liked anymore. I, 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 I mean, I didn't know what was true from what was false because of so many twisting and turning and manipulating. But little by little, I remember saying to somebody the other day that, man, I feel alive again. I feel like the confident version of myself that was present before the abuse happened and before all of these other things happened. I am doing the things that I love to do. I'm doing conferences. I'm attending my webinars. I'm almost done with my master's. I'm doing a podcast. You know, I'm blogging. I'm doing all of these things. The things that I chose to do and even though sometimes I'm like, oh, God, I don't know about this one, you know, but I'm going to say yes, and I'm going to and take a chance with Jesus. Yeah. And let him work it out, you know, let him work it out. It's awesome. It was, it was a pleasure, Gillian. I actually enjoyed this a lot. And I'm glad God, you did. It was good to I, be on, too. I pray that 
everyone who listened to this will be absolutely blessed and this will reach many hearts i i hope so too and that to the listeners as you could hear that it's not only relationships in that dating relationships that are toxic but friendships can create disasters and so as the bible always tells us that we should choose our friends wisely and that bad company corrupts good character good good character indeed let's keep those stuff in mind and thank you again dear you're welcome matthew lovely day you Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Godfidence. It's all within you. I'm looking forward to hearing your questions, your answers to my questions, and your comments. Set your reminders to drop in next week. You might even hear your answer, your question, or your comment being addressed by me, your host, Will Inspires, or a special guest. Please tune in with me every Wednesday at 5.30 p.m. Remember, Let's not just have confidence, but God. Bless.